You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
Listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition that asks elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission. To our ancestors, whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders, whose shadows we walk in, I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors, and we say the word ashe. It simply means, so be it. So we pour this libation to God. For all that God has done and for all that God will do. You say, Ashay? We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity. Everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future, we all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Timeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. 
say Ashe. Report us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe. Civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe. We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted, and we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. This call may be recorded and or transcribed. I am your host, Hotel Family. Hope everything is well with you today. Hope you're going to have a good day today. Get a chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. Hoping, too, that the weather will be accommodating for you to do it. But, of course, if it is not, and you know it has to get done, you know it must get done, 
you will get it done. Because that's the kind of brother and sister that you is. Getting it done. I love it. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central. Did I say that already? 10 to 12 Central. <laughs> 9 to 11 Mountain, 8 to 10 Pacific. Any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to us live, always go to the archive. Other program we have here on Time for an Awakening. This program, once again, is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Times that I'm going to give are Eastern. The other program, of course, is Time for an Awakening at 8 p.m. on Fridays and 7 p.m. on Sundays with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. Also, too, the Thursday program, Africans on the Move, the African Liberation Movement with Brother Lumumba of the Geronimo Pratt Gun Club is on Thursdays at from 7 to 8, Thursday from 7 to 8. And then we also have uh, on Saturdays, on Saturdays, the Sankofa Sisters, the Sankofa the, uh, Elders Council, the Sankofa Elders Council from 7 to 9, Dr. Janine, Dr. Janine, and that's on Saturdays. Well, Elliot announced it, so, you know, so I guess it, it must be happening because he announced it, so I'm, I'll announce it too because to me you should all promote everything that's happening on the program. That's what I believe. Uh, let me see what we have here. I'm trying to get my program stuff together here. Okay. Okay. We Buy Black. We Buy Black. The largest online marketplace for American African-owned businesses is WeBuyBlack.com. Get everything you need from American African-owned businesses, WeBuyBlack.com. Africa for the Africans, Brother Bomani Tayimba is ready to take another group of our people to a trip of a lifetime, to, to the motherland. Africa for the Africans, he's going to be going uh, this month, the 16th, the 16th of November through the 27th to Tanzania, then December 24th to January 4th, 2024 to Azenia, March 29th to April 9th, 2024, Liberia, July 11th to July 23rd, 2024, Ghana, November 21st to December 2nd, 2024, Kemet, December 24th to January 4th, the same time frame, but 2025, to Azenia. April 1st to April 11th, Senegal and Gambia. Of course, these trips, and there'll probably be more, and that's how Brother Bomani works, but you can uh, contact Brother Bomani. Everything on the website is all you need to make that trip a plan. Even if you don't go with him, still go to the website, get the download, the, the forms, the shots you need, the visas you need, all the stuff is right there. When I went in 2019 to Ghana, you know, I went on my own, me and my good friend, Brother Jim Winbush, and I'm praying for him. He had an uh, er, um, operation and um, definitely praying for him. Uh, so, but, you know, AfricaForTheAfrican.org, if you want to see pictures of previous tours go to facebook.com if you want to see videos of previous tours go to youtube.com forward slash bomani 2007 and if you want to give them a call at 404-931-9429 404-931-9429 
1-800-926-9429. Habasha Incorporated. Habasha stands for helping Africa by establishing schools at home and abroad. And, of course, they're doing great work in Ghana with the Kashi Project. They have programs here locally, here in the Atlanta area. Habasha works back black to our roots, sustainable seeds, urban green jobs, and golden growers, you know, doing great work. Habasha, incorporated.org. LEDGE, LEDGE stands for Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. They deal in the four areas of human existence, which is food, water, clothing, and shelter. And they have 12 projects in six African countries with over 170 employed. And over 260 members become a member of the LEDGE group. LEDGE, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. Abibi Atumi. Abibi Atumi. A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. They're having a conference tomorrow, Saturday the 4th, in Ghana. Ancestry and Spiritual Culture. And that's tomorrow in Ghana. And the Moses West Foundation. Moses West Foundation, where they provide clean, usable, drinkable water with the atmosphere of water generating technology that the brother has provided. The Moses West Foundation provides clean and safe drinking water to communities worldwide whose sustainable missions has a 509A veteran and minority owned and nonprofit organization. We're dedicated to making a lasting impact on the global water crisis. With our innovative atmospheric water generated AWG technology, we address disaster impacted zones, water scarcity, and water rescue. Your contributions help us fulfill our mission to improve access to clean water. Support us today and help change the world. Because that's the problem, family. There's water, water all around us. The problem, of course, is access to water. And what Brother Moses West is able to do is provide that. All right. Without us, Health Market and Juice Bar, located in the West End here in Atlanta, on Ralph Deber Abernathy. I live right on Cascade, which, of course, Abernathy makes a northerly turn and goes towards MLK. And Cascade begins there and goes straight west. And, uh, but if you go east on Cascade, yeah, that's cool. You know, uh, there's Wadadas, there's Sovis, Shrine of the Black Madonna, you know, all kind of Afrocentrics, you know, and even further west. Okay. So Wadadas, Healthy Market and Juice Bar, located in the West End. The Meddu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall, located in Greenbrier, the Greenbrier Parkway. They have a fine selection of books, postcards, greeting cards, T-shirts, figurines, and so much more. Contact Mama Nia, 404-346-3263, 404-346-3263. The Meddu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. The other bookstore that we promote is the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore in Lithonia, which is east of Atlanta. Jump on I-20, go east, exit 74, make a left. Now you're headed north, about a mile and a half. On the left will be the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar. Contact my good brother, Kazim Jamu at 770-305-6373, 770-305-6373. There's light in the Black Dot. Jump back in your ride, head back the other way, south, okay? And then make a left again. You're headed east. The next exit is exit 75. 
Take exit 75, Turner Hill Road, make a right. Three lights, make a right. And on the left will be the new Black Wall Street Market. The new Black Wall Street Market family. Us lifting us. Us lifting us. The Economic Development Cooperative for our people. Last night they had the Thursday night broadcast. Every Thursday night. And, uh, of course, on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash ULU. The name of the program is Dare to Win. And from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m., from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. every Thursday, the Dare to Win program with us lifting us. If you want to call to ask a question, comment, or concern, or just to listen, dial 929-477-279. That's 929-477-2789. Us lifting us every Thursday night. On Fridays from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern, Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness with my good brother, Brother Yusuf Muhammad. Give him a call to listen. It's also on Blog Talk Radio at 563-999-3089. That's 563-999-3089. Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness with my good brother, Brother Yusuf Muhammad. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop located in Macon, Georgia. Brother Abija. He's open Tuesday through Saturday, excuse me, Tuesdays through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. 2910 Napier Avenue in Macon, Georgia. Give him a call at 478-256-1166, 478-256-1166. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop, Macon, Georgia. Sun God Ascension, one-stop natural shop located uh, 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia. Inside the International Discount Mall, booth 225. Contact my good sister Shelly Amonset at 404-434-7963. 404-434-7963. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop. Sanjay Dash Haiti. Sister Gabrielle Aurelia is doing great work with our young people in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti. Up in the hills. Because they don't get no help. They rely on people like us. So please consider, go to the website, Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E dash I-E-T-A-Y-I-T-I A-Y-I-T-I dot org. Sanjay dash I-E-T dot org. So. Okay. Baburi, Mama Ya, you know they 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 have their uh, uh, quarterly tomorrow, Saturday, November fourth, tomorrow. Uh, Baba Baruti's from noon to two, from noon to two p.m. Eastern time. It's power and practicality. Is the presentation? The donation is warriors ten dollars. Warriors in training is five dollars. Make your money order. Uh, make your donation to uh, PayPal, Yahbaruti at Yahoo, Yahbaruti at Yahoo, Cash App, dollar sign, Yah, Y-A-A, the letter M, then Baruti, B-A-R-U-T-I. Make sure you give the pertinent information, power and practicality, your name and your email address so they can send you the link. Mama Yah's program is Embracing African Womanhood Part 2 uh, tomorrow. Her program is from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. 
from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Same thing applies. Make your donation for adults, $10 for teens, $5 to Cash App and PayPal. Include the pertinent information, African Womanhood Part 2. Your name and your email address so we can send you the link. Kibuka is going to happen November 18th, Saturday, November 18th. I didn't even I'll be gone, damn. Saturday, November 18th, and, and, and I tell you, um, the opportunity to be there live dealing with that is just very spiritual and very emotional. Kibuka, remembering the middle passage through the eyes of our ancestors. Remembering the middle passage through the eyes of our ancestors. Saturday, November 18th from 6 to 9. $20 a family, 15 a couple, 8 the no, $10 for adults and five dollars for children same thing applies if you want to see that um, online to deal with uh, paypal yabrudi at yahoo or cash app dollar sign yabrudi for make sure you put the pertinent information kibuka k-e-b-u-k-a k-e-b-u-k-a kibuka your name and your email address so they can send you the link The Inya, the Sim, on a daily revolutionary thought. I'm going to talk about a lot of good things today, family. It is Friday, you know. It is Friday. Just <laughs> All right. November 2nd. Through the children of today, we believe we can build the foundation of the next generation upon which a rock of morality, intelligence, and strength that floods the prescription prejudice and persecution may descend upon it in torrents, and yet it will not be moved. Mary Church Terrell. We so often hear that the children are our future, but what does that really mean to a people seemingly eternally entrapped in the prescription of prejudice and persecution? Does it mean that a future free of others' definitions and domination of us should be based upon the idea that our children will somehow stumble upon the truth in a sea of lies by themselves? Does it mean that our children are born knowing what is characteristic of them and what is characteristic of others? It is a suggestion that we have no obligation to provide the guidance and order our children need to understand out of which continue to build on African reality and in turn pass the seriousness of their responsibility onto their children. I would think that we have to live long enough, I think that we have lived long enough to know that our children must be taught what it means to be a liberated African and that these lessons, the effective, must come from instruction and instructors who are non-contradictory and righteous. In order for our children to be re-Africanized, nation builders, we need them to be, and we do, we need our children to be re-Africanized or nation builders. We have to be models of morality, intelligence, and strength. They need to see in order to learn how to be liberators. I say, affirm, I am a teaching model of morality, intelligence, and strength. Affirm, I am a teaching model 
of morality, intelligence, and strength. We lead family by example. It's not do as I say, not as I do. It is do as I do. Be that example. November 3rd. One is fully conscious when he or she is the result of having been informed, instructed by the experience of his or her ancestors and use that knowledge to master, understand, and become able to create institutions that allow him or her to live in harmony with the rest of nature and the universe. Professor James Small. In his book, Kemet, Ayikwe Armand spoke of two types of scholars, the keepers and the sharers. Keepers hoard knowledge in order to use it to control the people or to give it to tyrants so that they can use it to dominate them. Sharers understand that knowledge is not a commodity, that it is sought in order to elevate oneself above others. Its purpose is not to divide, but to unite people in a common elevation of truth through analytically equipping individuals with the means to acquire a working knowledge of self. Warriors need to see themselves as sharers and attempt to act accordingly. It is not a choice per se. It is a natural and necessary outgrowth of our responsibilities in our communal re-Africanization, nation-building effort. Nothing in creation gives us the right to hoard the information, knowledge, and wisdom that our people need to rebuild and empower ourselves. Having the privilege of extensively studying that which is African and that which is not gives us no right to be self-centered, opportunistic keepers. We have no Afro-Asian to apologize for being sharers. It is an honor. In order to make a people whole, we must always be humble, giving sharers who speak in whatever language our people understand. Ashe, affirm, I am a sharer. Affirm, I am a sharer. November 4th. It is pathological for blacks to keep attempting to use moral suasion on a people who have no morality where race is the variable. Dr. Bobby Wright. It was an honor once again to uh, read from his small book, Psychopathic Racial Personality, The Black Child. And uh, we'll always do that and read the uh, Psychopathic Racial Personality again. It is, a patholo- it is pathological for us to keep attempting to use moral persuasion on the people who have no morality where culture is the variable. Bobby Wright. We should feel the need to go to Urugu. We should. Why would we? Why would we feel the need to go to Urugu for validation when we know them? What about us that makes it necessary for us to make them human in order for us to be human. Why, why is their approval necessary for us and to teach our children to be African? We do not need the Europeans' approval to properly rear our children and to be our African selves. We do not need Europeans' approval. We do not need their interpretations of reality. We do not need their institutions. We do not need their voices in our ears or in our faces. We do not need 
their validations to be African. We do not need them at all. We know who they are. We know their politics. We know their political science. We know their compromised ethics. We know their brand of moral immorality. So we need to persuade them of nothing for us to approve of ourselves. They are what they are because that is what they are. The only thing we need to be ourselves is the will and knowing our ancestors. That word is hard, y'all. The will. Do we have the will? With this, the debate over, our vision as a people ends. Again, we do not need their validations to be African. We do, however, need to know how to think critically from our African center. We do need to be willing to open, embrace the struggle within that produces the world without. And we definitely need to anticipate victory. We definitely need to anticipate victory. We will be victorious. Affirm, I have the will and knowing of our ancestors. Affirm, I have the will and knowing of our ancestors. Brothers and sisters, the Inya Sassim of daily revolutionary thought. I don't know about y'all, man, but on this program, I love that. I thank Baba Barudi and Mama Yah, Baba Barudi particularly, who has written two volumes of Inya Sassim and a few years ago. And, you know, this is the third time I'm reading through that, and I'm reading on a read the next year, the volume two next year. But, um, yeah, I swear. The Inyasa Sim of daily revolutionary thought. Um, I don't know where to begin. I think, uh, I think I'm going to talk about uh, Muammar Gaddafi. You know. Uh, and then I'm going to talk about these European Jews. I might play um Ta-Nehisi Coates from Democracy Now, Amy Goodman, the War and Peace Report, Democracy Now, Ta-Nehisi Coates. I tell you, I I try I try to make sure I can present stuff that will be a benefit to a lot of people. You know. Yeah, let me do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the Israeli piece now, and then this after the break do um, the Muammar Gaddafi piece. I couldn't find family. I couldn't find the benefits that I- Libyan people had under Muammar Gaddafi. I've seen them before, but they um, they took them they took them off. You know. Because number one, they, 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 they had to demonize Muammar Gaddafi to do what they did. You know, they had to make him an evil dictator. I used to call him a, a benevolent dictator. You know, they had to do that to justify his murder. That's why the blood of Muammar Gaddafi is on the hands of Barack Obama. That's why I can't stand Barack Obama. Fuck. Barack Obama. Yeah, I said it. Yeah. 
definitely the Clintons. I hate the Clintons, you know, because Clinton was his uh, Secretary of State. Yeah, with her arrogant ass. The Clintons, I can't stand them. You know what they did in Haiti. You know how they robbed Haiti of all that money after the earthquake. Hate them, man. Never liked the Clintons. I, that's why I couldn't on a good conscience. Well, you shouldn't have put her ass up for her as a candidate. She was a terrible candidate against Donald Trump. Terrible. Well, she should have ran for pre- when she ran for president before she got beat up by yeah because she was terrible then. And and most of us and and, and many of the sisters didn't vote for her then in primaries. That's why Barack Obama sisters wanted Barack Obama. Stand the Clintons. So um, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. There's a piece here by Tanahasi Coates, who went to Palestine, and he's seen what he's seen for himself. You know, a lot of times, brothers and sisters. And I'm gonna try to run this piece and then go to some questions and then take a break and then come back and do the Muammar Gaddafi piece and take some questions. That's how we try to do it today. Um, good information, good presentations. I try my best to provide the information and presentations that will elevate your mind. Because we need, we need that kind of elevation. <laughs> yeah. All right, brothers and sisters, this is Tanahasi Coates on Democracy Now. Syriax here on Democracy Now, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman with Nermeen Sheikh. As pressure builds for a ceasefire after 27 days of Israel's bombardment of Gaza, we spend the rest of the hour with the acclaimed author and journalist Tanahasi Coates. This summer, he spoke at a literary festival in the West Bank that connected the Palestinian struggle with decolonization struggles around the world. In Ramallah, he opened his remarks with a comparison between the struggle of African Americans and Palestinians. In recent weeks, Coates joined dozens of other writers and artists in signing an open letter from participants in the Palestine Festival of Literature that was published in the New York Review of Books and called for, quote, the international community to commit to ending the catastrophe unfolding in Gaza and to finally pursuing a comprehensive and just solution, political solution in Palestine. Last night, Tanahasi Coates participated in another event hosted by organizers of the Palestine Festival of Literature or PALFest in the James Chapel at Union Theological Seminary here in New York City. It was called, But We Must Speak, on Palestine and the Mandates of Conscience. Tanahasi is a recipient of a prestigious MacArthur Fellowship and the recipient of numerous prizes, including the National Book Award, for his book, Between the World and Me. We Were Eight Years in Power is another book, an American tragedy, and his memoir, The Beautiful Struggle. His novel is titled The Water Dancer. In 2014, he wrote an award-winning cover story for The Atlantic magazine headlined The Case for Reparations. 
Tanahasi, welcome back to Democracy Now! It's great to have you with us under extremely difficult circumstances. Last night, this remarkable event almost didn't happen. I mean, it was in the James Chapel of Union Theological Seminary, but venue after venue had said no to this gathering. And without almost any publicity, well over a thousand people turned out, but the place only held 300. So people went over across the street to another place of 300 overcrowd, overthrow, and then thousands watched on the live video stream. Can you talk about your experience being in the West Bank, uh, going to the occupied territories, um, and how it changed you? Oh, wow. Um, I, I spent 10 days um, in Palestine, in the occupied territories, and in, in Israel proper. Um, I've had the great luxury over the past 10 years of seeing uh, a few countries. Uh, I have not spent more time or seen more of uh, another country or another territory than, than I did uh, this summer. Um, I think what shocked me the most was uh, in any sort of um, opinion piece or reported piece or, or whatever you want to call it that I've read, about Israel and about the conflict with the Palestinians, there's a word that comes up uh, all the time, and it is complexity. That and its uh, closely related uh, adjective, complicated. And so while I had my skepticisms and I had my suspicions of the Israeli government, of the occupation, um, what I expected was that I would find a situation in which it was hard to discern right from wrong. It was hard to understand the morality of play. Um, it was hard to understand the conflict. And perhaps the most shocking thing was uh, I immediately understood uh, what was going on over there. Probably the best example I, I, I can think of is, is, is the second day uh, when we went to Hebron. And, and, and the reality of the occupation uh, became clear. We were driving uh, out of East Jerusalem. I was with uh, the Palestinian, uh, the, was with Palfest. Um, and we were driving out of East Jerusalem uh, into the West Bank. And, you know, you could see the settlements and they would point out the settlements. And it suddenly dawned on me that I was in a region of the world where some people could vote and some people could not. And that was obviously very, very familiar to me. I got to Hebron and we got out as a group of writers and we were given a tour by our Palestinian guide. And we got to uh, a certain street, and he said to us, I can't walk down this street. If you want to continue, you have to continue without me. And, and, and that was shocking to me. And we, we, we walked down the street, and we came back, and there was a, a market area. Uh, Hebron is very, very poor. It wasn't always very poor, but it is, it's very, very poor. Its market area has been shut down. But there are a few vendors there that, that, that I wanted to support. And... I was walking to try to get to the vendor, and I was stopped at a checkpoint. Checkpoints all through the city. The checkpoints, obviously, all through the West Bank. Uh, your mobility is, is, is completely uh, inhibited, and the mobility of, of, of the Palestinians is totally inhibited. And I was walking to the checkpoint, and an Israeli uh, guard uh, stepped out, probably about the age of my son. And he said to me, what's your religion, bro? And I said, well, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not really religious. And he said, come on, 
stop messing around. What is your religion? I said, I'm, I'm not playing. I'm not, I'm not really religious. And it became clear to me that unless I professed my religion and the right religion, I wasn't going to be allowed to walk forward. So he said, well, okay, so what was your parents' religion? I said, well, they weren't that religious either. He says, what were your, what are, what were your grandparents' religion? And I said, my grandmother was a Christian. And then he allowed me to pass. And it became very, very clear to me what was going on there. And I have to say, it, it, it was quite familiar. Again, I was in a territory where your mobility is inhibited, where your voting rights are inhibited, where your right to the water is inhibited, where your right to housing is inhibited, and it's all inhibited based on ethnicity. And that sounded extremely, extremely familiar to me. And so the most shocking thing about my time over there was how uncomplicated it actually is. Now, I'm not saying the details of it are not complicated. History is always complicated. Present events are always complicated. But the way this is reported in the Western media is as though one needs a Ph.D. in Middle Eastern studies to understand the basic morality of holding a people in a situation in which they don't have basic rights, including the right that we treasure most, the franchise, the right to vote, and then declaring that state a democracy. It's actually not that hard to understand. It's actually quite familiar to those of us uh, with a familiarity to African with uh, to African American history. But Tanahasi Coates, last night you were asked about the significance of Martin Luther King's words on Vietnam. You said it's taken you years to quote understand nonviolence as an ethic and that you understood that ethic in Israel. Could you explain? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, and, I, and I think the thing to do is just to proceed off of, off of what I said. M Martin Luther King uh, dedicated his life to the fight against segregation. Israel's a segregated society. The occupied territories are segregated. The Jews segregated. It's not, you know, hard to understand. There are different signs for where different people can go. There are different license plates forbidding different people from going different places. Now, what the authorities will tell you is that this is a, a security measure. But if you go back to the history of Jim Crow in this country, they would tell you the exact same thing. People always have good reasons besides, you know, I hate you and I don't like you to justify their right for imposing an oppressive regime on other people. It's never quite that simple. And so that was the first thing. But, but the second thing I think that you're referring to is, you know, I, I you know, this is like really personal for me um, because I came up in a, in, a, in a time and in a place where um, I did not really understand the ethic of nonviolence, and by ethic I mean the notion that violence itself is corrupting, that it corrupts the soul. And I didn't quite understand that. If, 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 if I'm truly honest with you, um, as much as I saw my relationship with the Palestinian people there, and as much as it was clear what the relationship was, it was at the same time clear that there was some sort of relationship with the Israeli people too. And it wasn't one that I particularly enjoyed. Because I understood the rage that comes when you have a history of oppression. I understood the anger. I understood the sense of humiliation that comes when people subject you to uh, uh, just manifold oppression, to genocide, and people uh, uh, look away from that. I come from the descendants of 250 years of enslavement. I come from a people who uh, sexual violence and rape is marked in our very bones and in our DNA. 
And I understand how when you feel that the world has turned its back on you, how you can then turn your back on the ethics of the world. But I also understood how corrupting that can be. I was listening to, uh, 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 actually, my congressman <laughs> last night, uh, or I guess it was two nights ago, talk on the news, and, and, and um, the journalist asked him, how many children, how many people must be killed to justify this operation? There are upper limit for the number of people that could be killed when you would say, this is just too much. This just doesn't, this just doesn't you know, uh, 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 compute. This does not add up. And I have to tell you, that congressman couldn't give a number. And I thought that man has been corrupted. That man has lost himself. He's lost himself in humiliation. He's lost himself in vengeance. He has lost himself in violence. I keep hearing this term repeated over and over again. The right to self-defense. What about the right to dignity? What about the right to morality? What about the right to, to be able to sleep at night? Because what I know is if I was complicit, and I am complicit, in dropping bombs on children, and dropping bombs on refugee camps, no matter who's there, it would give me trouble sleeping at night. And I worry for the souls of people who can do this and can sleep at night. Let me ask you, ta <clears throat> last night, as I said at the beginning, I think Union Theological was the fifth place uh, that Palfest had turned to for this event. Um, with I, I want to point out who was there. Among the speakers was you, you know, a MacArthur Genius Fellow, was Michelle Alexander, um, uh, the remarkable author um, and lawyer, uh, Rashid Khalidi, uh, leading Palestinian-American scholar, Edward Said Professor of Arab Studies at Columbia University, and others. And you being at Union Theological, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King is known for that speech, Why Oppose the War in Vietnam, that he gave across the street at Riverside Church. But he started at Union Theological. So many people came, he had to go across the street for it. Um, but can you talk about this difficulty in speaking out? I mean, just last week, we spoke to Viet Thanh Nguyen, who is the Vietnamese-American Pulitzer Prize-winning author who was on a book tour for his latest memoir, and the 92nd Street Y, known at, now known as 92NY, canceled his conversation about his memoir because he had signed on to a letter. I think it was signed by 750 other people calling for a ceasefire. The U.N. Secretary General has called for a Gaza ceasefire. Can you talk about what it means to break the sound barrier? And if you were nervous about coming out and speaking about Gaza about the West Bank, even going to begin with, knowing what you would feel responsible for doing once you came out. Yeah, I wasn't just nervous; I was afraid. Um, I, you know, I, I, I hear people um, talk all the time about the, the the how fearlessness is a, is a necessary quality, and and I have never had that. <laughs> I've never had that in my life, um, and I certainly have never had that in my career. Um, I spent five days with Palfest when I was over there, and then I spent another five days with a group of Israeli Jews, um, and 
I knew that whatever I was going to see, it, it like I, I had a, a sentiment. I couldn't express it like I just expressed it for you right now because obviously I hadn't been there. But I had a sentiment that what I was going to see was not going to be great. Um, and I know that, A, because of my upbringing, and I know that, B, because of my vocation as a journalist, you, you, you can't behold evil and then return and not speak on it. And segregation is evil. There just is no, there's, there's no way for me as an African-American to come back and stand before you to witness segregation and not say anything about it. One of the hardest things um, was to come back and then to read the rhetoric of certain African-American politicians who are defending this regime. And, and I just, I, 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 I couldn't understand it. You know, I wanted to know if they had been to Hebron. You know, I, I wanted to know if they had been to Masafayada, if they had been to Susha, if they had been to Tubat. Had, had they seen? Had they really seen, you know, what is actually happening here? I, I, I don't know how anybody who benefits, who stands on the shoulders of our ancestors' struggle against Jim Crow, against segregation, could see what is happening right now, could see the bombs being dropped, 9,000 people dead, an ungodly number of them children in service of Jim Crow and segregation, which we have exported, and be okay with that. I, 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 don't, I don't understand it. So, yes, I have my fears. I do. I do. I'm, you know, I'm afraid right now, sitting here talking to you. But I have to measure my fear against the misery that I saw. I have to measure my fear against the promises that I made to the Palestinians who welcomed me into their homes and gave me the facts, to the Israeli Jews who welcomed me into their homes and gave me the facts, to the Holocaust survivors who welcomed me into their homes and gave me the facts. I have to measure it against my own ancestors, against Frederick Douglass, against Ida B. Wells, who certainly faced off against things that were much, much more perilous than going someplace, coming back and telling people what you saw. This is the minimum. It's scary, but, uh, but it's also the minimum. And the fact that people are trying to suppress speech is not an excuse for you not to speak. It's always. Ta-Nehisi Coates talking about what he experienced in, <clears throat> in Palestine. You know, I tell you, it, it's, it's sad, it's deep. But the European Jews, and, and that's why, to me, uh, looking at it and consistently looking at the situation makes it more clear how the European Jews have just, <laughs> you know, it, it is definitely a setup, what they did on January uh, on, on the 6th, definitely a setup. They allowed that to happen. If you, if you just heard him and then you've been watching, the Jews, the European Jews control everything that happens in Palestine, where in, in, in the two areas where Palestinians are, the West Bank and Gaza, because everywhere else, they running it, and, and Palestinians are not there. That is clear. And, and the settlers, those who are taking territory, 
They are armed and they are vicious. Saw it on the national news this morning where this guy was lying about something and the reporter said, no, that's not true. Oh, it is true. It is true. It is justified. We must kill them. You know, that's not true. That did not happen. (laughs) These people, man. And then I think about the history of European Jesus, particularly as it relates to us. I could not side with them. But once again, everybody who was in politics, whether it's on a local level, state level, or federal level, one of the first things they do, the first thing out their damn mouth, I pledge my allegiance to Israel and their right to exist. Sickening, it's pathetic. This is the piece. We just and then we're gonna take a break. I am Israel. Then we're gonna talk about Muammar. I'm gonna now take some questions. Then we'll talk about Muammar Gaddafi. And the reason I want to do that because a lot of times we forget about Muammar Gaddafi. And I'm going to say some things. I'll wait till that happens. But uh, let me go ahead and do this. I am Israel, written by Professor Norman Finkelstein. Or Finkelstein. I am Israel. I came to a land without a people for a people without a land. Those people who happened to be here had no right to be here. And my people showed them that they had to leave or die raising 400 Palestinian villages to the ground, erasing their history. I am Israel. Some of my people committed massacres and later became prime ministers to represent me. In 1948, Menachem Begin was in charge of the unit that slaughtered the inhabitants of Dara Yassin, including hundreds of women and children. In 1958, Ariel Sharon, led the slaughter of the inhabitants of Quigby. And in 1982, arranged for our allies to butcher around 2,000 in a refugee camp. I am Israel. Carved in 1948 out of 48% of the land of Palestine, disposing its inhabitants and replacing them with Jews from Europe and other parts of the world while the natives whose families lived on this land for thousands of years are not allowed to return. Jews from all over the world were welcome instant citizenship. I am Israel. In 1967, I allowed the remaining lands of Palestine, East Jerusalem, West Bank, and Gaza and placed their inhabitants under oppressive military rule, controlling and, humiliating, controlling and humiliating every aspect of their daily lives. Eventually, they should get the message that they are not welcome to stay here and join the millions of Palestinian refugees in the shanty camps of Lebanon and Jordan. I am Israel. I have the power to control Americans' policy. My American Israeli Public Affairs Committee can make or break any politician of its choosing. 
And as you see, they all compete to please me. All the forces of the world are powerless against me, including the UN, as I have the American veto to block any condemnation of my war crimes. As Sharon so eloquently phrased it, we control America. I am Israel. I influence American mainstream media too. And you will always find the news tailored to my favor. I have invested millions of dollars into PR representation and CNN, News, New York Times, and others have been doing an excellent job of promoting my propaganda. Look at our international news sources and you will see the difference. I am Israel. You Palestinians want to negotiate peace? <laughs> but you are not as smart as me. I will negotiate, but will only let you have your municipalities while I control your borders, your water, your airspace, and everything else of importance. While we negotiate, I will swallow your hilltops and fill them in with settlements populated by the most extreme. That's, that's what I mentioned earlier. These kibbutz or these settlements, these people are extremists. I will populate them with the most extremists of my extremists, armed to the teeth. These settlements will be connected with roads you cannot use, and you will be imprisoned in your little banter stands between them, surrounded by checkpoints in every direction. I am Israel. I have the fourth strongest army in the world, possessing nuclear weapons. How dare your children confront my oppression with stones. Don't you know my soldiers won't hesitate to blow their heads off? In 17 months, I have killed 900 of you and injured 17,000, mostly civilians, and, I have, and I, have a, I have a mandate to continue since the international community remains silent. Ignore, as I do, the hundreds of Israelis reserve officers who are now refusing to carry out my control over our, your lands and people. Their voices of conscience will not protect you. I am Israel. You want freedom? I have bullets, tanks, missiles, Apache and F-16s to obliterate you. I have placed your towns under siege, confiscated your lands, uprooted your trees, demolished your homes, and you still demand freedom. Don't you get the message? You will never have peace or freedom because I am Israel. Written by Professor Norman Finkelstein. The ethnic cleansing of Palestine. The Israeli history. It's also read by Professor Ilan uh, Pepe. The world has been lied to for 73 years. The Palestinian people are being destroyed before your eyes. And many of these who have been shouting loudly, never again, can look away. They shout never again, but they look away. It's just like that piece that I saw in Facebook where the Israeli is abusing a Palestinian. And there's a mirror. He looks up at the mirror and he sees his reflection. The reflection is that he doesn't have a star of David. He has a Nazi swastika. 
and he's abusing European Jews. You become, you have now become what you hated. You have now become what you had feared. European Jews. When we come back, we'll go over the Muammar Gaddafi piece and uh, take your calls, whatever you want to talk about. If you're a number, you'll have a holding. I appreciate it. Play a little music for your listening pleasure. <laughs> See, since it's Friday, you know I love Friday. I always have some Friday, some Friday music that I consider Friday music. <laughs> Me coming out of the out of the club. Brothers and sisters, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com. And blacktalkradionetwork.com. We'll be right back. You stay with us. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
guys be cool. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. OJs, living for the weekend. Johnny Kemp just got paid. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about some something that's really serious that unfortunately a lot of us don't think deeply on because we've been trained to think in certain ways. You know, when that situation happened a few weeks ago, right away, many people, yeah, kill him. You know, daddy did this to the children and, oh, man. Yeah. We give Israel's right to defend itself unabashed, unequivocally, any way they can, any way they want to. We have a caller, uh, 443. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Baba Oshie. Hey, my brother. How you doing, man? I'm I'm good, man. It's always good to hear your voice, Baba Oshie. Appreciate it. Um, You ever... You stop to think, why is it that when, when, the, when the American African was having his so-called civil rights or human rights, they never said that American Africans have the right to defend themselves? Mm. He never said that. Yeah. But yet when it comes to, when it comes to, yeah. when it comes to these, these, their brethren, they yeah. do. And, and, let, and also, let's be clear, there's not a new playbook for this. Mm-hmm. In other words, South Africa did the same thing yeah. that— uh, they did here in this That's country. Right. They limited your movement. Remember, mm-hmm. black people couldn't, you couldn't go down south. Right. Why can't you go down south? Because the police are going to harass you. The same way in Israel. You can't come into this area. The same way in South Africa. You need a passport to go from area to area yeah. in your own damn country. Yeah, checkpoint. Checkpoint this, checkpoint Check that. Checkpoint. And, that, and that's limited mobility, and that becomes fragmentation the fragmentation becomes disunity and disunity becomes weakness Mm -hmm. that's why you continuously say on this show unify or die or die or die or die simple as that and and, 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 you know it's interesting baba oshi and i think that's what attracts people to call this call all the time to this show because the, the things that you said will 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 transcend time uh, we don't need uniformity. Say it again. Yeah, go ahead. No, you don't. We don't have to have uniformity to have right. unity. No doubt. You know. You, no you, doubt. So, but and, but what you say is the foundation for the power that we have within us. We're already powerful. We're we're powerful because any group of people that can go through enslavement mm-hmm. and still and still stand here. And fight the oppressor because we're fighting right now. Mm-hmm. You notice what the brother was saying? They want to stop you from talking. You know, King didn't get killed because King had a gun in his back pocket or he carried a knife or ice pick or whatever he those times. He didn't have a tank or, or or war machine. He was killed for talking. Yeah, because having an idea. Came, mm-hmm. And the, uh, that's correct. Talking changes thought. Thought changes behavior. Behavior 
behavior is Changes what they're actions. trying to they don't come on mm-hmm. now they don't mm-hmm. want us to you don't i don't need to see a hundred thousand people marching on washington just to stand around because they believe something so much because what you do when you shut down the communication and you shut down we can't go to our politicians or our law then people go to the streets because they can't get into the suites where these decisions are being made mm-hmm. so Baba Oshie, what you what you played when this 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 uh, apparently he was a black man mm-hmm. or, or uh, he was he was uh, and you know the people when I say that I say it because uh, the American African is still under some impression that if we just stay here long enough these white folks gonna love us <laughs> they gonna love yeah us. we gonna wear them down. We gonna yeah, yeah we're gonna wear them down. We're gonna keep yeah. we're gonna keep on rubbing your back and you keep kicking my ass mm. until eventually you just say you know what <laughs> all all right. It's never going to happen with these people. You will die. Your children will die. Your children's children will die mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. trying to get these people to love you because we fight on many fronts. Let's not be, let's be clear. We there's a nonviolent fight. There's a violent fight. There's intellectual fight. There's, there's all types of fronts that we're fighting on, and all those fronts are needed. I don't have a problem with the, the People's Liberation Party or the or the move movement. I, we need those people. We need the Martin Luther King, and we need the, the Malcolm X. I say. But what white people want to do is they want to co-op you. They want to co-op you with their television, with their, with their news, with their clothing, with their money. And, and once we come to the place where those things don't mean anything to us, Baba Oshie, mm-hmm. that's when the power starts to show, and that's what's happening now. Mm-hmm. The children in school and the colleges, who are supposed to be the next leaders, they're, they're, they say, wait, this is wrong, because the support for Israel is waning. Because when you see people, the reason why you never saw in Vietnam War the, the actual killing, they took the killing off TV, and they, they, they took the bodies off television, because when you see that imagery, mm-hmm. it does something yeah. to you, Baba Oshie. Yeah. It's visceral, it man. Does. It, it is. It bothers you to see people, because mm-hmm. Israel quick to show you what the Palestinians doing, but show us what you've been doing for the last 40 years, mm-hmm. for the last 50 years to these people. Yeah. Why would somebody just wake up one day, and, and what if what happens, Baba Oshie, if the, American, the Native American woke up one day and said, I want to take my land back, and I'm going to New York City, and I'm going to sit in New York City and take this land back because it's my ancestral land. Yeah. What do you think would happen to him? They'd kill him and put him in jail. That's exactly what Israel did. That's exactly what Israel. I'm going over there. It's our land. Exactly. We wrote a book. Come on now. Yeah. Exactly. That's what they did. I'm I'm mistaking my claim to land that is, you know, even though I ain't been here and I and 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 believe me, I am not Semitic. You are. So I'm really I'm really being anti-Semitic of doing what I'm doing to you, because I'm not. The Hebrews. I'm not the. I'm the European Jew. I'm the Ashkenazi. I'm the Gazar. I'm a late convert to Judaism, but I dominate and I control it. And I'm an mm-hmm. evil son of a bitch. That's why I read that piece. I am Israel. I That's am right. Israel. Of what I. I am Israel. And then, and then you have, and I saw this today. You have the the, the American African who is bought into the Christianity lock, hook, lock, and sinker, whatever, mm. how they even say it. Lock, stock, and, and barrel. Huh? Yeah, lock, <laughs> drop, barrel. Uh, these, um, 
these religions that you bought into, the, the Seventh-day Adventists, the Jehovah Witness, mm-hmm. the Baptists, all these all were invented by white people. Yes. And all... while, while you were in slavery, mm-hmm. while you, Jim Crow, slavery, emancipation, all that foolishness, you were in some type of restriction, Bondage. but you bought into a religion that's not even, and you will, well, if I say something about your white Jesus, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a fight. Because when black people, uh, American Africans, black people, when we do something, we don't do it half-assed. Mm-hmm. That's why the NFL is, is, is fun to watch. That's why the NBA is fun to watch. Because when black people go in, we go all in with everything. And that's what happened in, slave, in, in, in religion. They're all in. I'm going to be a better Christian than the Ku Klux right. Klan because, you know, he carries a Bible, too. Right. Doesn't he? Oh, she? Oh, yeah. The same Bible I got, yeah, he got Bible. in his hand. Yes, sir. The same Bible. Does that does that does that is that a red flag go off in your head when you see that? He's mm-hmm. burning a cross. Do you get this? I'm not getting on you can be any religion you want. But what I need you to understand is that you don't put Africa first. You put, the Jew puts his homeland first right. or the homeland he's trying to take. Mm-hmm. But his but his support is waning. His support Oh no doubt. Is, you can't you can't yeah, be as and he ab- knows it. abusive so, as he is. And arrogant as he is, and then when you realize what he controls, what he dominates, you know, because just like it said here, you know, Ariel Sharon, who who I remember distinctly, couldn't stand his fat ass, you know, uh, said mm. we control America. They're arrogant, right. but they but they were but they were saying the truth. They but control the truth. They control, they control the money. Yes. And and when and when we you you can't send humanitarian aid with one hand, food and bandages and doctors, and in the other hand you're sending guns and bullets to the yeah. other cat. This you sound like Don King. Don King sit outside of Mike Tyson fight. And whoever wins, he jump up in the ring and raise their hand because he owned both of them. That's right. And that's and that's how the European Jew. That's how that's what the, that's what the Europeans Jews did in 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 the previous wars in this country. They supply no both of them. Wins. No matter who wins, I'm winning. I never I'm going do. to win. I, I, the, the, it's like Donald Trump said, the game is rigged, <laughs> and he's part of it. Yeah. He rigged it. See, the thing about Donald Trump is he don't know what to, when to shut up. He said the exact truth. It is rigged. I'm not a Donald Trump fan. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a Biden fan. I'm not none of them. Both of them are the same to me. But he tells the truth. And we don't need respect. these people yeah. to be getting empowered to think they know something that they shouldn't know, you know. And that's yeah. why the revolution in Africa is so important. I yeah. always come back to my homeland. Africa is so important yeah. because Burkina Faso owns yeah. is the fourth largest gold producer in the world. They will yeah. be they will become they will become the biggest economic power here in the next few years. Soon as they push these um, the French out completely, because yes. the military then left, and the other countries that are with them would arm themselves, and we should be sending money to Africa. Yes. I don't want to send no money to Israel. I don't want to send no money to the U. I can't even spell Ukraine. Yes. I don't even know where it is on the map. They ain't never called me the N word. Yeah. But I, we need to send money to Africa as a people. Yeah, we need to make that alliance, man. That's what we need to that's do. That's correct. That's what we need that's to do. Correct. That's what that's what I've been advocating on this program. From day one, from day one, that Africans throughout the diaspora and Africans on the continent come together 
to control our land, to control our resources and be players in the world instead of the pawns that we've been made to be. No that more. Shed that off. We're not. So, yep. No more. Never again. Right. We're not begging. We're not asking for no, nothing. Right. We're telling you what we're going exactly, to do. Exactly, Because brother. you come here for your cell phone. That's you right. come here for your iron and your cement mm. and your iron ore and your mm. uranium. You come to me for that. I ain't see you coming to China for it. I ain't mm. see you coming to Russia for it. You come to Africa for that. And, and you have a Saharan pipeline that goes into, into the Europe. Into Europe, I, I heard about the other day. And, and you want that to you want that to be built and be open to keep the lights on in Europe. The hell with Europe. Yeah. We need guns. We need guns. We need a, a nuclear reactor. Just because you ain't they ain't running up in Iran because they got a nuke. They ain't running up in Korea because they got a nuke. But they'll but they'll run up in Africa mm. because they think those people are living in the dirt. But they're not. They they are not anymore. They they have African schools. They teach. They have an African curriculum. These children are learning their own language. They're wearing their own clothing. So no, brother, yeah. the things are changing, and, and white folks are going to posture different because when things change, they change the way they move. Yeah. You know, before they could just grab you on the road on Friday. You know, but you can't do that no more. Now I got to <laughs> do it a little different. I grab you in the courtroom. I I, I put you in the jail. But now they got to move different because mm-hmm. white folks are starting to understand. Follow me. This foolishness is destroying them. It's destroying them mentally. Their children. Their children don't know if they're women or men. And you can't <laughs> say nothing to them because the the people who have the PhDs are telling you that it's okay for a grown ass man with a beard to be in the locker room with your child, and then your child gets messed up, and you don't get a second chance with a child. You know. And this is where we what we have to think about. Stop following these evil devils Thank down you. this greasy chute because Thank there's you. no return. We won't forget. We won't stop fighting. I'm gonna let somebody else talk about that. I say, thank you, you know, I get, you know, I get emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I say, I I'm say. listening, brother. All right, dear brother. Love you, man. You too, dear See brother. You. Peace, brother Joseph, Philadelphia. Good afternoon, brother. Brother Oshie, how can I follow, follow my dear brother just now? <laughs> he, yeah, man, brother Herb, brother, brother, yeah, brother Herb was firing, wasn't he? How you been, brother? Herb brother? I'm doing fine. Good, brother Oshie. First, I'm going to say this, brother, when you said about the, about the your fight for lack of morals, a um, friend of mine who passed away, the revolutionary brother, brother Wayne Moore, who's known legendary on Black Talk Radio Love, he said, Joe, not only do men of them lack morals, they are, they are actually immoral. He said because he said they are amoral. He said amoral. They don't have, not only do they lack morals, they don't right. have no morals. They exactly. don't have no standards or nothing. They are amoral. Yes. He used to always They're say amoral. that about them. And That's right. And not you know, moral. Brothers, yes. Go ahead, yeah. brother. Belosh, I just want to say this, Belosh, because I want to, you know, take a quick, 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 I can't but congest, congest everything. You know, I learned in life, brother Oshi, and I thought something like you said, a piece of my brother, brother, I'm out there, brother, Momaka Doc, because see, I try to tell people, and, I, and, I'm, not, and I'm just, I'm going to speak on it, I'm not going to get into back and forth with anyone about this, but I'm just going to say this right now. See, I've learned, brother Oshi, that Everybody in this world has faults. What I'm saying is that nobody is perfect. I, I say this because a good friend of mine, his dad, who's 80-something years old, whose health is not the best, but he's still hanging in there. He was a veteran. He served his rotten-ass country, served in the military, worked in the post office. And at the Episcopal Church he was in, he had found out, just I guess it was last you know, year or two, a couple of years ago, that the pastor there, who was a good man, he did a lot of good stuff, not only for the church, but for the black community around him. And it comes from he fathered some children out of, you know, with okay. other women sure. in the church. And, you know, of course, some of the church members, they trashed him. And he said, I'm not going to do that. He said, because 
the man is human. He, I, whatever people say, he made a mistake. He's human. And so, see, so you start pointing fingers at someone. They always want with fingers pointed back at you. Yes. He said, yes. well, that's that only erase all the good that the brother did. You see, he filed for some trouble. You see, you know, all right, so he did. So, you know, you're not the judge. You know, he'd be judged by his, by his wife or God, whatever. It's not your point. So he told these church members, I don't think no less of him. He's still a good man and made God, you know, bless them and, and, and may he bless in peace, you know what I mean? And so all, I, all I'm saying is to say this, Brother Ocean, I'm not going to get caught up in this device and stuff. Cause it was an unfortunate incident that happened in Chicago and stuff over the past week. Well, we had a group of his Hebrew Israelite brothers got into with Palestinians. And I'm saying, myself, why would you even want to fall into that trap? Because that's divisive. But this devil white man that we live under, you think you think he's going to sit there and say, well, you know what? We don't like the Palestinians, but you black Hebrew Israelites, we like y'all. Y'all, y'all, y'all guys, chosen people, we're going to get y'all. Yeah. We're going to let y'all have it. We're going to let y'all. So, so I don't even fool in that because I know where that's going at. Because so, mm-hmm. the devil is sitting back and dividing cock because he don't give a damn about no black that's Hebrew right. Israelites. And he don't give a damn about no Palestinians, so whether they're white Jews, white Irishmen. So I'm not going to fall for that foolishness because like, I see what. And, and, and see, and I have a problem when people come out with stuff. After, Brother Muammar Gaddafi is not here physically because of that punk-ass Obama and yep. Hillary Clinton. Yep. Uh, yes, Arafat is not here. So you can say anything you want about these, but they're not here to defend themselves. You see what I'm saying? They're not here to defend themselves. So I don't get caught up in this. Uh, you, 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 said them kind of, you should have said those things about them brothers while they was alive so they could defend themselves. And all I'm saying, Brother Obershoe, here in Philadelphia, and let me make it very clear, I have a lot of respect for my heroes, like, because most of the black heroes, like, brothers that I meet are good brothers. Like, and I'd be the first to tell you that they'd be downtown, they'd be okay. kicking. But okay. every now and then you get the ones that want to be the vice. You know what I mean? Like, I say, for example, I saw a brother in last summer, and I confronted, I didn't confront him in a gangster way. When I say, brother, he was on a trash and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the Minister Perkai, called him fake-ass prophets and all that. And I'm saying, brother, why would you want to say all this about these brothers? I said, I said brother, we, I said, brothers in the nation don't stand on the corner and, and trash black Hebrew. It was like, it was Hebrew, it was like, we try to bring out unity to our brothers. So why are y'all there doing it? And I, and, I, and I told him, I said, brother, you know you're wrong. I said, well, well brother, you know they this. And I said, brother, that's your, that's your, well, you feel that way. That's your, you want to feel that way, which I think is wrong. But I said, well, brother, you're wrong. I said, but bottom line, but do you think you gain anything by trashing the minister for kind of honorable like Muhammad by saying these stupid things out here in public from all these white people? Why would you do something like that, brother? It's very divisive and everything. So I I, I, I nipped that in the bud, and, I, and you know, I had a little coffee. It, it was a respectful dialogue we had, but not, and I, let, and I just let, let it go at that. And all, right. all I'm saying, brother Osha, is that, and I go to my grave telling anybody this, Brother Muammar Gaddafi, he helped jumpstart the Honorable Elijah Muhammad to make this on fish program, the Blue Seas Whitey, mm-hmm. back in the early 70s. Okay. That provided jobs for our people, okay. man. That provided jobs for black people. And it mm-hmm. not only provided jobs for our people, but it also helped with the, you know, Bring our people good food. This is whiteies that came from the from the yeah. seas of Peru. You know what I mean? And yeah. the nation. This time, and I mean, black Christians bought this fish. Everybody bought this fish in the black I mean, Christians, Muslims, Jew, whatever, Hebrews, whatever. Mm-hmm. They bought this fish, man. And, and, and brother Muammar Gaddafi, and I say, have no problem saying that brother Muammar Gaddafi, as well as brother Yasser Arafat, when Nelson Mandela was in jail at the hands right. of this racist ass. South African government, and mm-hmm. by the way, that racist regime of Israel supported his, his, his imprisonment. Exactly. They were given weapons exactly. to kill our people. And the United States, and United States did as well. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's right. And and and, and, and Muammar Gaddafi and Yasser was two of the biggest ones supporting Mandela, and it was supporting Mandela's family while his brother was was illegally imprisoned and everything. They mm-hmm. they have a track record throughout Africa supporting black causes against white neocolonialism. Yeah. And that's a fact. That's not that's Joe's fact. opinion. That's a fact. 
these brothers, these brothers did these things, man. See, see, we can always point to somebody on his shortcomings. Cause like I said, brother, Osh, we all have shortcomings. Nobody's perfect. Like Mr. Farrakhan said one time, when when, when the devil's killed, brother Gaddafi led by that punk ass Obama and Hillary Clinton. He said you can go to any country. Nobody's perfect. He said, he said, and I like how Mr. Farrakhan said it, Osh. He said, he said you gave every person in the country five hundred dollars a piece you'll have somebody say why why, why didn't get 501 you know what i mean you're never going to please everybody you know what i mean mm-hmm. no, nobody's perfect everybody had his shortcomings but i look at the overall good that brother Gaddafi did the overall good that brother yasser Arafat did and stuff like that so i'm not gonna let some little damn report come out and say trash them and all that kind of and i'm gonna go along with that nonsense man because i because i know how to vice of that and i got enough damn sister been i'm 62 i didn't just 62 by being a fool well and listen not, man I look, brother joseph i looked at who is saying it? Where is it coming from? Do that research. Exactly. If you just listen exactly. to it face value, you, you believe all the nonsense that these folks say. That's right. You know? That's right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. You got Dr. King. Well, after, he, after he died, you got the, the, the devil saying, oh, Dr. King slept with this woman. He slept with that woman. All right, so he just slept with the woman. All right, what you want me to do? You know? Come on, man. You know, I don't get caught, caught up in this foolishness and stuff, man. It's, it's just divisive. And that's why we're hoping and praying that that thing happened in Chicago between our Israeli uh, Hebrew is like brothers and our Palestinian brothers and sisters don't happen again because it's divisive. The white, the, the devil would love to use stuff like that to, to divide our people. I'm not going to fall for that stuff because, and I close with this, Brother Oshie. I know for a fact, like like Brother Coach said, when we played the computers over there in the West Bank, mm-hmm. I have met some beautiful Palestinian sisters and brothers. It was a, I became good friends with a Palestinian imam when Freddie Gray got killed by them devils down in Baltimore, right? Okay. I, this was this was this email from from he, he lived in the he came all the way to Baltimore and had a support rally for Freddie Gray's family because he because he told me he said brother Yusuf because that's my Muslim name Yusuf he said brother Yusuf I I I, I feel the struggle he says a Palestinian man he said these same white people whether Jews or whatever they mistreat our people the same over Palestine police brutality because many of these white cops go over to Israel for training that's as right. you well know that's right so they learn how to brutalize yes. our people he said yes. so I can't sit back as a Palestinian man and not feel for what happened to Freddie Gray because they do it to my people all the time over there and he, and he went he went right down to Baltimore where you had some handkerchief head black ministers down there they looked at Freddie Gray like he was a criminal and they wouldn't even support him and his family but this Palestinian brother went right down there and, and had a rally Support Freddie Gray's family, and and you got a Palestinian sister that I know personally. She wanted Moby Abu Jabal, Moby Abu Jabal's biggest supporters and stuff like that. She 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 go she go anywhere in the media where she can get time in the media and speak up for the rights and and, and, and calling for the freedom of of uh, Moby Abu Jamal. So I'm not like I said. I know you got good sisters and Palestinian sisters and brothers mm-hmm. out there who equate our struggle. I don't know how many over the years. Oh, should I close with this? That told me they said, brother Yusuf. I, as a Palestinian man or woman, I feel for you because the same white people, the same people that mistreat my people, mistreat mm-hmm. your people. That's why I have a, I feel a kinship with black people mm-hmm. and stuff. And that's why I'm always stay stand strong with that because I know what I'm talking. I'm, I'm talking about living experiences, man. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I know what I'm talking about. So so I'm always support my Palestinian brothers against the struggle against uh, against this racist white regime over there in Israel. South Africa, anywhere else that white supremacy reigns that and stuff. I'm always full of kinship with my Palestinian brothers and sisters. That, that stuff, I stand on that, and 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 I and I, and I let it go at that, brother. Oh, she's so much to get on because I don't want to monopolize all your show. But I thank you for letting me express myself. And again, we all in this world, brother. Oh, we all got shortcomings. We all got faults. Because that's why we hear him. He's the only, only one perfect being in this world. And that's the one that he, he calls up the most high. He's the only one perfect one. I we all got our shortcomings. And that's what I said. I said. I said. Thank you, brother. Thank, thank you, brother Yusuf. Put me on mute, brother. All right. Thank you, brother Yusuf. Yeah. Let me, let me get 
this brother, he ain't been on in quite a while. Brother Ralph, how you doing? Hey, uh, good afternoon, Brother Oshie. I want to say good afternoon to the listeners. Um, and I, I had to call in, Brother Oshie, because, and you know, and I've I run into this problem with a lot of us that are in the religion of Islam. Um, they know nothing about the Arab invasion of North Africa mm-hmm. in the 600. Okay. You know what I mean? They, right. they oh, know right. nothing about that. Yeah. And, and, and when I hear our brothers calling them brothers, you know, mm-hmm. I, it, it sort of upsets me because, you know, the only way that person could become a brother of yours is Islam. Now, I told you before when I was over there in Tanzania, I had a historian walking us around, and he was educating me and my wife. And the thing about it, they had a Tanzania war with Uganda mm-hmm. and Idi Amin, who killed plenty of black people. Mm-hmm. And it's two, and it's two, the two people who funded him. You can read, it's it's in the history books. Right. The two people that funded him to kill other black people because they would not accept Islam was Muammar Gaddafi mm-hmm. and the PLO. Mm-hmm. So you know when I hear people talk this stuff you know and 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 the thing about it brother Oshie, i say i don't have a you know in that bet and i heard people say oh yeah you gotta your tax money's over there uh, of course my tax money's in a whole bunch of stuff that's right as long as i pay taxes in this country that i have no control over exactly sure does. but that garbage over there i do not get become emotionally accept because mm-hmm. both both of those parties over there will annihilate us if they had a chance. Look at look at us over in North Africa right now, in the Sudan. In Morocco, the Moroccan president, who's an Arab, said he don't want no black Africans yep. in this country. Yep. So, you know, I mean, I'm only going by fact, Brother Oshi, but religion yeah. will blind us mm-hmm. to seeing something that's not really there. I worked with a Palestinian before. And, uh, you know, and yeah, it was only one person. But what that Palestinian was just as racist as the Klansmen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I mean, I'm only going by make all these little stores set up in our neighborhoods, right. selling our people crack pipes and everything else, pork and everything else. Mm-hmm. But this yet, true. I'm you're, supposed to call them my brother. This is true, brother. Come on, brother. This is true. And, you know, this is truth. Yeah. The Arab invasion of 635 A.D. Mm-hmm. Read up on it. Mm-hmm. And you can still see the remnant of it. I saw it when I was over there. I mean, all those North African countries are basically—I mean, man, the proof yeah. is in the pudding. Yeah, Egypt, but some people here, Libya, you, Algeria, yeah. yeah, yeah, Mauritania, Mali, Mauritania, Mali, yeah. Mauritania. Yeah. Oh, man, matter of fact, Zanzibar—they're ninety yeah. percent because of the uh, Omani Empire. I mean, it's it's. And you had some black Arabs that were just as vicious. I forget the guy's name mm-hmm. that I emailed you that killed plenty of people in the Congo. So, man, you know, you know, it's a shame that we only hear what we want to hear. And when this stuff is proven historical fact, read up on it. Read up on Muammar Gaddafi. They wanted to kill off any African that did not accept Islam. So, you know, and they use Idi Amin as a pawn. Yeah. It's well, right I, there in the history yeah, books. Yeah, but Idi Amin so, was a Muslim. I, 
he was a Muslim, and 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 that's, you know, I I think that, you know, there's a lot of mixed feelings about Islam as it relates to African people because once again, these religions were imposed upon us. These religions were right. under the threat of death, had to be right. accepted like Christianity and Islam under the threat of the death. crusades. Exactly. You're absolutely right. You know. So we, we, we have to look at this and, and sometimes look at it critically, you know, because uh, Islam, Christianity, and anything else, uh, uh, Judaism, none of these are going to save us. None of these will bring them. us together. None of them. None of them. You none know? of them. So, now, now, like I said, I was brought up a Christian, so I'm not going to be on here and badmouth my grandparents, my family, or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. I was raised one. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to badmouth that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to badmouth nobody's religion because that's what they hold sacred and dear to us. And it's enough division between us right now mm-hmm. to keep us divided. So whatever your belief is, more power to it. Just practice it to the best of your ability. Yeah. But on the same token, do not call an enemy who killed plenty of our ancestors your brother. And I'll just leave it at that. All right, man. Brother Ralph. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you, my man. Talk to you. Peace. Brother Ralph. Let me uh, go to. Hey, Brother Paul, how are you doing, my brother? Oh, Baba Ochi, how are you today? I'm doing well. Well, yes, um, it's always good to hear you. Some really good contributions yes. being made. But before I would contribute, you know, it gets the brain um, exercise. You know, so, so, and I just want to say hello. Every every com- contribution is worth it. But this is what I, I want to add to this. Yeah, listen to the play. This is what I this is what I was thinking. Going back to what our our sister said not so long ago about be the same old playbook, right? Mm-hmm. And that is, and I I'm sorry to repeat that again. It's so profound because that's the reality of it. That playbook can be summed up and has been articulated in Chancellor Williams' book. Um, destruction of the black civilization and that's what i'm bringing it to okay when we get so distra- when we get so distracted by this worldwide show we add on destruction because we're not really focused on what's happening to us we're talking about people who define themselves called palestinians and we're talking about a place called israel which is a corporation by the way um that's like many of the core Asians. i read somewhere not so long ago that it's almost bankrupt Follow the money is what I'm saying. Follow the money. Mm. It's always going to be money. I learned today on the carnival show. I didn't know this. I didn't do my proper research that they found oil in Gaza. So I've done some research, and it's true. Um, they found oil not just in Gaza. Yes. And actual fact, I didn't even realize that. I read that British gas has been incorporated to to um, survey, and they 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 confirmed there's gas there and not a ga- not not a great amount, but it's, it's there. And there's also oil in the Gaza Sea. Follow the money is what I'm saying. So the reality of it is, like my sister said, it's just the same playbook. Uh, just kill the indigenous people, um, remove them from the land and steal the land. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the created that place where you call America. Yeah. That is the exact playbook. Yeah. Okay, so there's nothing new here. It's just the same old, same old. Yeah. Right? But you know what? Um, we got to focus on what's happening because when we look at what we call these people identify themselves as Palestinians in this place called Israel, right? What we're seeing in, in on, on our media and our on our modern media is what's been happening to us 
right, from day one. They are genocidally removing us from the planet. And I don't even know if we know that it's happening. I don't even think we really know it's happening. We, we're watching a stage show, right, mm -hmm. being, being perpetrated through the media, and we don't even recognize what we're seeing is happening to us daily. Yes. But where's yeah. the excitement about that? Where's the crazy fanaticism about what's happening to us? Right mm -hmm. here, everywhere mm -hmm. on the planet, we're being taken out. But they're using not bombs and guns and tanks. They're using silent weapons. These silent weapons are vaccines. They're medicine. They're mRNA technology put in the food. Mm -hmm. And we're being taken out. Yeah. And, and then we're being told, we're being told we've got diseases. That's what we've been told. We've been told we've got genetic diseases, which is a big lie. lie, lie. These are weapons, genetic biological yeah. weapons being used against us, okay? And we don't even recognize it. Listen, listen. We, you know what? I don't even think. Baba Ochi, is there a statistician? Is there a so-called African or American African um, statistician company that you know? Is there one? No. Or you can rely on? Right, right. Can you see how we're being played? Well, all our facts come from them. How our, our birth rate, our infant mortality rate, all these crap they're telling us. Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. the figures we are, it's just total lies. We have no idea what the hell's happening. But I can tell you what is really happening. We're being removed from the planet. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we even recognize it. Right. We are being removed. So what we're watching over there, is actually happened to us probably about 100 times worse. We're being killed off. And we don't... You know when they say diabetes, blood sugar, it's all a lie. It's all a bloody lie. They are deliberately putting things in the food to kill us off. Now, how many African-Americans have got diabetes? I ask myself. How many of them have got heart disease? Huh? I'm telling you, if you look at the figures, you're going to be shocked out of your mind how they are taking us out and off the planet. Mm -hmm. And this is what's happening. So, you know what? I just want to say this. Yeah, this stage show is shocking. It's shocking to see them drop bombs on people, women and children. But they are killing your women in the hospitals at birth. They're killing the children at birth, okay? They're giving the things, that our children, where it's disproportionately more African-American boys have got autism. Autism. Right, disproportionately. Yeah. Through the vaccines, through the same vaccines, yeah. what you're begging for and both to have. So we better yeah. wake up because what you're yeah. seeing is happening to us everywhere on the planet, not just in America, mm -hmm. everywhere in the African continent. Look at it from South Africa. They're pushing up. Right. And from North Africa, they're pushing down. And soon you ain't going to see a black face in Africa. That's the reality. And once that happens, listen. You, you, you know, none of you gonna have a chance to fight. You know, We're there, all was a, finished this there was a TED talk, I believe it was a TED talk, and it was uh, uh, Bill Gates. And I, I mentioned this a few times before on this program that uh, he's saying to the audience, he says, "Yes, we have developed vaccines to assist in birth control, population control, to assist in population." And and when he said this, and, and and I played it over and over, and I'm saying to myself, vaccines are created so people can be inoculated against whatever it is that's threatening their lives. But now he's saying, no, we're we're creating these vaccines so we can kill your ass, kill us, and take us out.
And that's what's happening. You know, brother, I'm going to say this last thing here. You know, there's a video. You need to go and watch it. Everybody needs to watch it. It's a white woman. Can I say it again? It's a white woman. Her name is Judith Makovich, okay? Of Polish descent. American. Polish descent, lives in America, yeah? She said it herself. She's made a video. She's written three books on it, okay? She talks about biological walkthroughs because she worked at Fort Dietrich's. She worked Fort, there. Fort Dietrich, okay? Maryland. Yes. Fort Dietrich, Maryland. She worked there. Where she the was AIDS the virus top, was created. She was the top biological, um, whatever you want to call it, okay? Mm-hmm. And she says, she said, she said, Ebola did come out of her mouth. She said, Ebola um, didn't have gain of function, which really, which translates as it wasn't potent enough to kill anybody. I couldn't believe it when I heard her say that. Mm. I said, what? I thought Ebola was this terrifying disease. She said, no, we weaponized it in America. That's what she said. Mm. She said, we weaponized it in America and brought it to Africa and gave it to the people. That's what she said. Mm. Okay, and they raided her house, and she spent three years in prison. She didn't even. She said she didn't even have a trial in America. She said she didn't have a trial. She went straight to prison, and she spent three years in prison. Go online and see. It's called Pandemic. You can Pandemic. read. It. She says it out of mouth. She's, she's written three books on biological warfare and and how that demon, uh, uh, whatever his name, Fucci, whatever his damn Fauci, name is, Fauci. right? Yeah. Fauci, 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 right? Yeah. How. He was her boss. Yeah. He was her boss. And tricked them. Tricked them. She she talks about it. So let me tell you. you said, right? You said it's called plan pandemic. Yeah, pandemic. The video's called Plandemic, okay? Mm-hmm. Right? But but she she's she's written books on the subject. She said she worked there. She said she talks about how they created these things, gave them gain and function. She talks all about it. Okay? So the reality of it is, yeah. They've taken these things and they are killing us. Mm-hmm. More more crazy than you're watching over Palestine because they're doing it by stealth. So we don't even recognize it's going on. Most of us who are so dumbed down and head stuck up our ass, arguing over stupidness and foolishness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Arguing, over, arguing over religions given to us 2,000 years ago, okay? 2,000 years ago, where most of them characters didn't even exist. We're still arguing over yeah, that. They, they did now, exist. We better, we better wake up, Baba Ochi. We better wake up because we're not going to... Ex- the only place you're going to find us is in damn museums. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right, Brother Paul. Yeah. Let me get now Mama Nabantu. I ain't heard from her in a while. Mama Nabantu, good afternoon. Greetings, well, my brothers and sisters, whoever's on. Um, I was concerned. I don't know if you've talked about the migrants coming into Atlanta. Um, they're coming in from Senegal, uh, hundreds of them. They have no jobs, no food. They're on the streets of Atlanta, and some of them are living in mosques. Um, mm-hmm. Mosques only should accommodate maybe 30, 40 people. They have 100 of them off, the, off on Cascade, and um, they're asking brothers off the street, work, work, work. They can't speak English, and the government and this city of Atlanta, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they're providing food for them, food stamps like they do these folks that come from the uh, Salavia countries and mm-hmm. other white uh, countries. And I'm just concerned about that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, I tell you, Mama Nabantu, uh, when when do we have uh, the the Pan-African Federalist Movement on? Next week, isn't it? 
next week Friday? We were we had to postpone it. Uh, okay. Until something came up with with him. Okay. So we're gonna move it to January and get past the holidays. Okay. Okay. You know, that sounds cool. But we're we're, we're thinking about having a PFM um, meeting with some of these migrants because they have no history. They don't know nothing. It was okay. uh, an interpreter um, okay. that can you know relay what's really. You know, this country is not milk and honey. That's what they think. Well, that, and I know they do because that's the image of the world that they give, that this country gives into the world. And and who is the true image makers? The European Jews. They're the ones in control. They're in control of all of the media. They're in control of all the goddamn mm-hmm. news. So that's the image mm-hmm. that they give out. Mm-hmm. And so these people believe this and they come here, you know, mm-hmm. expecting the streets to be paved. You know? Right, and they expecting to get jobs because they told them that right. uh, hundreds of people, uh, d- uh, black people, died of COVID, so you don't have to worry about getting a job. Mm. Mm. You know, and uh, yeah. I got videos of this lined up at the uh, Hartfield Airport. Mm-hmm. Um, hundreds of them. Where are they going? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, how are they going to interact? And there's one brother who on TikTok videotapes and talk about. Yeah, we're going to get y'all. Y'all Africans, we're going to get y'all. <laughs> but we got more problems. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. I, you know, I'm not, you know, naive, and I hope everybody understands that. I know that you do no, by no means, you know, and it's frustrating because we know the direction that we need to be going in, but we're constantly being diverted with this foolishness and madness and, 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 and other characters that are interpolated into our situation by design, you know? Uh, yeah, it's a it, huge distraction. Yeah. But we're going we're gonna to overcome that because we're all going to overcome all of this madness. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, well, Mama the Bantu, my time is up once again, girl. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> but this is a good day. I'm going to do that piece on Muammar Gaddafi on Monday, next week Monday. Oh, good. Yeah, it's a decent piece mm-hmm. on Muammar Gaddafi. And I understand what Brother Ralph is saying. You know, mm-hmm. I do. But, mm-hmm. but truly, Muammar Gaddafi has shown, particularly at the time up, leading up to his assassination, because that's what happened to him, that he was mm-hmm. a friend to Africa. What he had done previous, mm-hmm. I understand. And, you know, but he tried his best to whatever do you could correct that. And the fact that his country in Libya, the people who lived in Libya were cared for. But the image that the West wanted to project that he was a madman, he was a dictatorial individual, he was starving his people, the images that were put out on the national news and so forth, <coughs> so they could justify going in and killing him. You know, yeah. that's what they did. So, all right, there. You guys have a good right. weekend. Okay. Brothers, weekend. All right. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people, lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do without, and they sure hell don't want to pay for. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. A great weekend.
Be safe this weekend. Shem Hotel, that means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Bibi Fahadier, Bibi Fahadier means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. Peace, family. Hope to see you on Monday.